You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Locked On SEC Podcast. Great to have you guys along on today's show, recapping week one of SEC play. Recap each and every game, just give you some quick thoughts on each one. Later in the show, we'll also give you who impressed and who depressed. Some impressive performances and some really bad ones in week one. Also from the SEC Network and the new version of Thinking Out Loud debuting tonight, former Georgia Bulldog DB Brandon Boykin will join the show. He'll tell us what to expect tonight on the new version of Thinking Out Loud. No more Marcus Spears, no more Greg McElroy. Got a whole new slate of guys on there. Brandon Boykin is one of them. Looking forward to watching that tonight. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcast. You'll get the latest episode five days a week. We are here for you. So really excited to uh, be talking SEC football. Full slate of games. Let's jump right into it. What a week it was in the SEC. Let's recap it going around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. Walks up, checks off on the play. Tony is out wide to the left. Single receiver is wide right. Ole Miss showing a blitz on the corner. There's the stamp to Trask. The blitz is picked up. Trask looks to throw. Fires down the field. Got a receiver. It's Kyle Pitts. And Pitts breaks free. He's going to go all the way. Oh, my. That's a beautiful touchdown pass for the Gators. It's 71 yards for a touchdown. And it's 34 to 14. Yeah, we start with the Florida Gators. Man was the offensive impressive under Kyle Trask, who throws six touchdowns while tight end Kyle Pitts catches four of them. The story early on in this one, Lane Kiffin and his offense able to move the ball, score some points in that Florida defense, but it was Mullen's offense that was the story of the day, winning 51-35. to Worth noting that Ole Miss's junior wide receiver Elijah Moore with an impressive 10 catches for 227 yards helped that quarterback Matt Corral throw for just under 400 yards. But again, really impressive performance from the Florida Gators. This is what we were expecting from them this year, and they did not disappoint. Oh, they're going to go to Williams to the end zone. He has it. What a touchdown. Seth Williams, touchdown Auburn. That, you saw that one coming easily. You got a one-on-one with Seth Williams. You're going to give it to him every time. The other early game that was supposed to have Auburn on upset alert. Two very controversial plays just before the half. One, as it appeared, Kentucky had punched it in for a touchdown. The runner was ruled short of the end zone. And then two plays later, Terry Wilson throws what should have been a 100-yard interception return, but was negated on a targeting penalty. Auburn led 8-7 to at the half, but in the second half, Bo Nix got it going to his leading receiver, Seth Williams with six catches for 112 yards and two touchdowns. Kevin Steele's defense really tightened the clamps down on Kentucky, holding them to just six second-half points as Auburn wins this one 29-13. to Castello going to go long to the corner of the end zone. Touchdown, Mitchell. Another huge third down play. Touchdown number five for K.J. Castello. Your CBS game of the week was supposed to be a celebration of the reigning national champion LSU Tigers with their new faces all over, but it was K.J. Costello and Mike Leach pulling off the upset as Costello sets SEC records, throwing for 623 yards on a prideful LSU defense. 
They pull off the 44-34 upset. New LSU quarterback Miles Brennan was sacked seven times through two interceptions. And that LSU defense really missed their starting cornerback, Derek Stingley Jr., who we found out earlier in the day was ruled out of the game with an illness. You have to think he would have made a difference in the game. But shout-out to the Bulldogs. And how about a shout-out to running back Kylan Hill, who only rushed for 34 yards in the game. But he added eight catches for 158 yards and a touchdown. Mike Leach putting the rest of the SEC on notice. After Frank stands in the pocket, throws, it's intercepted, Stokes, he's going to take it to the house, near sideline, touchdown of about 28 yards on the interception return for the score. Boy, what a great play by Stokes. Arkansas just tried to run a quick slant. Stokes saw the play develop the entire way, jumped right in front of it. As that ball came out of Frank's hand, you can see it develop from up here right from the get-go. Easy pick six. No JT Daniels for Georgia taking on the Razorbacks in Arkansas. Starter Dewan Mathis. Let's just say less than impressive as the Bulldogs trailed Arkansas 7-5 to at the half. But backup quarterback Stetson Bennett would come on in the second half and impress Throwing for 211 yards and two touchdowns while Georgia's defense really heated up against Felipe Franks and they outscored Arkansas 32 to 3 in the second half. And Georgia gets the 37 to 10 win. A solid victory for Georgia, but a lot of questions remain when it comes to the Georgia quarterback spot moving forward. Anaya Smith to the right of Kellen on this second and 10 from the Vanderbilt 25 yard line. Pitch, Anias on the option, across the 20, 15, 10, 5, Anias sniffing the end zone, Anias Smith, touchdown, Aggies! First touchdown of the year, and it's Anias Smith from 25 yards. They say a win is a win, but the Aggies cannot be happy with their performance against Vandy, surviving with a 17-12 lackluster performance. Texas A&M was a 31-point favorite. Kellen Mond and that offense really struggled to get going. As Mond threw for just 189 yards while sophomore running back Isaiah Spiller rushed for 117 on the ground. Vandy quarterback Ken Seals threw two interceptions. The Aggies fumbled the ball five times in this one, losing three of them. But again, even an ugly win is still a win for the Texas A&M Aggies. Najee Harris is in. He'll line up to the right side of Mack. Two wideouts and the tight end, Forrestall, on the left. One man wide to the right. Here's Mack, has time, looks for Waddle behind the defense. He'll haul it in. Touchdown, Alabama. 23 yards, beautifully thrown, and Waddle goes down. But now he gets up after lying on his back momentarily. And Alabama, what a spectacular catch and throw. The Alabama Revenge Tour is off and running as the Tide won easily at Mizzou, 38-19. Mac Jones, solid at quarterback. Najee Harris ran for 98 yards and three touchdowns. And Jalen Waddle, 134 yards receiving with two touchdowns. The 14 points allowed in the fourth quarter might make Alabama fans not so happy, but the game was in hand, and the Tide continues to roll. Nothing to be down about, but they did not cover, according to some of the spreads out there. So maybe some betters unhappy with that. Shotgun, two wideouts to the right. Now he flips his tail back. Harris to the right. Out of the shotgun. Ted will see a four-man front. Back to throw is Hill. Pressured. Hill steps up. Dumps it over the middle. It's intercepted at the 30-yard line by Tennessee. Henry Toto stays on his feet down the sideline. To the 10. To the 5. Touchdown, Tennessee. Tip drill that time. 
as the ball went off the antenna of Shiva Smith, and then Henry To'o To'o picked it off at the 30, stayed inbound, and raced down the sideline for a Tennessee touchdown. What a play. Lastly, my game of the week lived up to the hype as Tennessee beat South Carolina 31-27. to This one was close much of the night with the Gamecocks scoring 20 second-half points. Jared Garantano and Colin Hill, they were both solid at quarterback for both teams, but the play of the game with less than two minutes left, Tennessee punts to South Carolina with a chance to go down and win it. The ball hits the back of Gamecock Cam Smith on the punt. Tennessee recovers and gets out with the victory. Nice night for Ty Chandler rushing for 86 tough yards on the ground. And the Vols have now won seven in a row dating back to last season. They are one of the hottest teams in college football. Coming up next, we're going to catch up with former Georgia Bulldog Brandon Boykin, who debuts the new edition of Thinking Out Loud tonight on the SEC Network. A quick minute here for our friends at Built Bar. They are the best tasting protein bar ever. I know a lot of those protein bars out there you get at health stores. They look good, and once you open them, they have that gross, chalky taste, and you end up taking a couple bites and throwing them away. That is not the case with Built Bar. They have got 18 amazing flavors, including six new ones. My favorite, the cookies and cream. It is so good, you don't even realize what you're eating is actually good for you. You can grab one after a workout. Or look, if you're just looking to lose or maintain your weight, try to get away from some of those fast foods. This could be a great option for you if you're looking to go down that path. Built Bars are low in calories, low in sugar, high protein, and high fiber. And just head to BuiltBar.com. You want to use the promo code Locked On. You will get $10 off your next order. But you have to use the promo code Locked On. You get $10 off. And you'll be on your way to eating better, feeling better as you get ready for this SEC football season at BuiltBar.com. Locked on SEC podcast rolling on here on a Monday reacting to everything we saw from over the weekend. But we got some big news. We got a special guest because we got some new programming happening on the sec network tonight in fact you guys have become so used to seeing marcus spears and greg mcelroy thinking out loud alongside Alyssa lang on the sec network well those guys are gone they're on to bigger and better things marcus is on nfl live greg's all over the country doing games now so they had to fill the shoes of those guys and one guy i'm very excited to see because he's a former he's a former player he's got a journalism degree all that is our buddy Brandon Brandon Boykin, and he is going to be part of the new Thinking Out Loud crew tonight on SEC Network, and he joins us now. Brandon, what's going on, man? What's going on, man? I'm 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 super excited, man. I heard everything you said, and and yeah, man, we're going to bring a new spin to it. So I'm good, man. I'm excited for it. So I said I'm excited about you because you you know you've got the playing experience, you got the journalism degree, you've done NFL Network, you've done local TV in Atlanta, you've been all over the place. It's those two other goofballs. I have no idea what we're getting out of Spencer Hall and Richard Johnson. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm gonna have to have my guard up because both of those dudes are Florida dudes, man. They 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 UF grads, and and you know me being a bulldog, it's already a little bit a, a little bit of stuff going on there, man. But but no, it'll be exciting, man. We'll all kind of bring our own you know fresh perspective and take and experience to it. And like you said, for me being a, a player. And, uh, you know, also being a journalist, journalism major, I think I can have, you know, two, two sides of that. So I, I think that'll be cool. Um, even though me being a dog, I'll, I'll, I'll be as unbiased as, as possible, but, 
uh, when it comes to that U- U- University of Florida uh, rivalry, we definitely going to talk, and it's going to be fun. So I, I've been following Spencer Hall for many years. I know a lot of people remember him with his work with Every Day Should Be Saturday. And then, you know, Richard's been covering, uh, you know, college football for a long time with SB Nation and, and, and all these different outlets that those guys have worked on, worked for. How did this come together? How did it, how did they decide that, that you three guys are going to be part of Thinking Out Loud now? Man, I honestly couldn't tell you. I just, I, I think, you know, we, we all kind of auditioned or, or we did our part to, to show them that we wanted to be a part of the show. And I think, you know, for maybe three three weeks to a month, I think they were kind of thinking of who would kind of combine together and be good with personalities. And, and you know, because of 2020, everything's kind of been virtual. So we've been meeting on Zoom calls, all that type of stuff. And, and it is there, man. It's, the chemistry is there. The fun is there. So I think uh, it'll definitely be fun. Like I said, it'll definitely be a, 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 a different perspective from what people are, are used to seeing. But, um, yeah, those dudes are fun. Those dudes are crazy for real. Especially, especially Spencer. Man. He's, he's a hilarious dude. <laughs> well, it's like if I started growing out my beard for the next ten years, I don't think I could get it as big as Spencer's beard is. It's it's absolutely. That's, that's what I was saying on the Zoom call. Like we, when we first hopped on, we're we're all on the Zoom call, and I'm like, we're clearly whatever group chat y'all Florida boys are in. Y'all didn't include me because I didn't get the beard because they got the beards rolling for real. And I, and it's, it'll probably take me to like the SEC championship to catch them. So. Yeah, he, he's a beard guy. He liked that beard. So how's the show going to look? I guess you guys won't be in studio just yet. Will you be remotely? How's, how's it going to look tonight? Yeah, it, we'll, we'll, we'll all be at, at different studios besides obviously Alyssa. She'll, she'll be in, in, uh, Charlotte doing, doing it from, from SEC. But, um, I think it'll go smooth. Obviously we'll just, We'll just go with the flow like like everything else in 2020. So um, I think the the best TV is is the stuff that's unscripted and unpredictable, and we'll definitely be having that type of experience. Now, I know a lot of the show's signature segments are going to be back, fan fansplaining, surfing the web, come at me, all those different segments. So w- yeah. what are you most excited to get into battling these guys? Man, we got some new stuff coming, actually, and that, that'll be the fun part. I can't I can't give it away. And, and 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 say what'll happen, but I think um, everything that we're we're gonna have coming combined with that, um, with with our personalities and, and what we have to say, will be fun for sure. Talking with uh, former SEC great uh, Brandon Boykin, now part of the uh, SEC Network, thinking out loud, will be on SEC Network tonight with uh, with this whole new cast. Um, Brandon, talk a little bit about this. What this off season? I mean, it's it's crazy. We finally got a first weekend uh, slate of games in the SEC. But talk about what 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 would this off season have been like for you if you were still in college right now? I mean, just thinking of from spring ball to how you trained and getting ready for the next season. Uh, how how crazy would it have been for you if you were still in college right now? I can't imagine, dude. I honestly can't imagine. Like it, it's amazing that we even got to the season, right? And so. I've been telling everybody because people will ask me, like, what do you think about, you know, the season and how's it going to go? And I'm like, I feel like this is kind of going to be like the NBA bubble, right? Like, there's so many variables and factors that aren't there when you talk about fans and things like that. Like, anybody, it could be anybody's year this year. So, if I'm, like, a team that doesn't really have the, the, the attention and the cloud, man, I'm excited because it could really be one of those years with just somebody – just pops out the woodworks and, and things happen. And I think from like a a uh, preparation standpoint, like it was so sporadic that teams are kind of going to have to take a, a week or two, maybe three weeks to kind of get into the groove. So with this SEC schedule, like that's going to, that's going to show a lot of people's weaknesses early on. And, 
and we might see some upsets, dude, for real. When you were playing, I mean, you guys, look, let's be real. The four non-conference games, typically it was set up where you play one pretty tough non-conference game. I mean, you guys always played Georgia Tech being at Georgia. But, you know, those other three were always kind of, I don't want to say cupcakes, but they were games where you could kind of rest some guys, kind of get back healthy, get your confidence going. Man, when you play 10 SEC games and that's it, there is no week to let your guard down. I mean, it really is. You know, yeah, you could say Arkansas is maybe not that strong this year or whatever, but you cannot let your guard down any given week. Yeah, exactly. You said it. I mean, with, with an with an all SEC schedule, regardless of who the first game is, and you know what their previous record is, they're they're still an SEC SEC team with SEC talent that can come in and beat you every week. So, um, yeah, like you know, you want to have that warm up game or two where you kind of let the fans kind of see what what you're going to roll out, but you don't really roll out the whole thing as a team yet. That's not going to happen. That's really just not going to happen this year. Like you better come full force because your your whole season might just be dependent on week one and what will happen from it. So it's like you legit hitting the ground running, man. And that's, that's what the fans want to see. That's going to be exciting. I know we just had the first uh, weekend slate of games, so you, but you can't change your prediction. I know you made your prediction before the week one, uh, week one game. So let's hear it. Who you have playing in the, uh, in the SEC title game in Atlanta in the East and the West. Oh man. And before I say this, let me preface it by saying I am not a Gator hater. Like I, I think, <laughs> I think, I think Florida is trending upward, but I just don't think they are going to. I don't think they're going to beat Georgia. If I say that, I think Georgia is going to reload. I think at quarterback position, um, they're going to have something they haven't had, and, and that's a dual threat quarterback. So I think that that dimension alone is going to help Georgia win the East from from the from the West. I think Alabama reloads. I think they're mad about, you know, not being in the college football playoff. And I think they, they've been going super hard while everybody else is just trying to figure out <laughs> how to get day to day. Like Alabama is like championship or bust for them. So I think those two teams will meet again. And, um, honestly, I think that there's, there's going to be some upsets and, and people are going to not be happy about what happens like in the first two weeks. You know what I can't wait for, Brandon? The the week that you pick against Georgia and you just get all this hate on social media from all the Georgia oh fans. Oh, my. You know I'm it's coming. I'm preparing for it now, dude. Because <laughs> I remember talking to Greg McElroy, and that was the thing that he said, you know, look, I'm an Alabama guy, so it's hard for me to root against them. And something late in year one with Greg being on SEC Network, finally he picked against Alabama <laughs> in a game, and my goodness, I saw all the, the hate and vitriol of the whole Bama Nation turn on Greg. Uh, it's coming for Brandon Boykin. They love you in Georgia oh. right now. But wait till you pick against them. They love me, dude. I, I gotta have my my thumb strengthened for the block button on all my <laughs> social media. Once that happens, I'm getting that ready right now. <laughs> Last thing for you: Do you think? Uh, I mean, this year is crazy. We've heard our, obviously the Pac-12 is going to start playing soon. I know the Mountain West said they're coming back to play, but all these teams are you know they're talking about seven game seasons and eight game seasons. I would hate to be on that college football playoff committee this year because they're going to be taxed with such a crazy. Uh, you know, crazy responsibility, but in the end, do you think the SEC gets two two teams in this year? I do, I, I do, and I think just because of that, that what you said, like a seven game season, that's not enough, honestly, for some teams to even be evaluated. So when you think about the teams that the SEC has in the top ten already, like if things go according to plan, and, and usually every year you can make an argument that there could maybe even be three teams from the SEC that could possibly play in the championship. So I think this year when there's not a lot of body of work, if there's a lot of teams that are competitive, especially with this SEC schedule, if they beat up on each other but there's good games, 
I think for sure you'll see two teams. I might even argue three. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> I don't think anybody down south would have a problem with that. He is uh, Brandon Boykin, part of the new trio with Spencer Hall, Richard Johnson. They'll be- debut tonight on SEC Network, the new cast of Thinking Out Loud. Brandon, I'm super excited to see it, man. I, I know a lot of fans are as well. Can't wait to see this new trio. And, again, uh, stand your ground, man, against those Gators, all right? I know they're going to come talking a lot of trash. Oh, yeah, you know I'm standing my ground, man. I have my red and black on, too. So we're we're ready, man. We're excited. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Thanks so much. Coming up next, I give out my who impressed and who depressed in week one of SEC play. Roll along here on the Locked On SEC Podcast. Again, a reminder, subscribe to our podcast. We're here five days a week talking all the latest in the SEC. Let's jump into it. Let's run through who I thought impressed in week one of SEC play. Number one, I have to go with K.J. Costello and the Mike Leach air raid offense. 623 yards passing, five passing touchdowns. Costello has absolutely put himself in the Heisman conversation after his week one performance. I believe this says more about Leach and what his team will be this season than it does how bad LSU and their defense might be, although they are not great right now. I think the rest of the SEC should absolutely be concerned about this Bulldogs offense. Number two, Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts. I put them both together here. Both combined for 170 yards and four touchdowns together. I had Trask pinned as my top quarterback in the SEC this year, and so far so good. Gators get South Carolina coming up this weekend. And number three on my impressed list, the Georgia defense held Arkansas to just three points in the last three quarters of their game Saturday. Racked up three interceptions, including two by Richard LeCount. If the Dogs can't find a playmaker at quarterback, they could just lean on that run game and that stout defense to win games. Although, they may have to find some consistent quarterback play if they're going to beat Florida this year. And my honorable mention when it comes to who impressed this week, I'll go with Bo Nix. Not a bad day at all. 233 yards. Three touchdown passes, 34 yards rushing. He settled down late through two fourth-quarter touchdowns to lock up a nice win against Kentucky where just about everybody and their brother were picking against them. Kudos, Bo Nix. Who depressed this week? Well, number one, i got to start with the LSU defense. Dave Aranda is gone as the D.C. Bo Pelini is back at LSU, and he may want to burn the film from this game. I know they didn't have Derek Stingley. He definitely would have made a difference as the best cornerback in the country. But giving up over 620 passing yards is inexcusable for a school that touts itself as DBU. Number two, where was Rakeem Boyd for Arkansas? Their stud running back was held to just 21 yards on 11 carries, and he had four catches for eight yards. For a guy who was preseason All-SEC second team, he was a dud in week one. And lastly, number three, who depressed in week one? How about the A&M offense? Veteran quarterback in Kellen Mond, dynamic running back in Isaiah Spiller, great offensive mind in Jimbo Fisher, and in a game you were favored by 31 points, you put up 17 and win by five? Some soul-searching needed for that Aggie offense heading into week two. That is just about going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Remember to subscribe to our podcast. You can catch us five days a week. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast at, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is. We appreciate you guys for listening. We will start previewing week two's 
games starting tomorrow. We'll get some expert analysis throughout this week with their thoughts on the week one game results. And I'll also give you my week two power rankings as we head into week two of the SEC. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. Appreciate you listening.